Carlo, and welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. This show is all about offering a weekly dose of spiritual nourishment and hopefully some inspiration to guide you through your week uh, through casual conversations over a cup of coffee where we try to answer some really important and deep questions about life. This week's no different. I sat down earlier today with Reverend Robin King and we explored a question that Robin posted on the church sign just in front of the the Basher United Church where he posts something on the sign different each week. And this week he put a question that said, how will you be known? So Robin, yesterday I was driving by the church and for anyone who doesn't live in Basha, any listeners who are not familiar with the Basha United Church, we have a sign out front that has those letters that you can change out. And every week, part of your job is to update the sign. And usually it says something about what your message is going to be the next, like the coming Sunday, or it might be like a congratulations to the grad class or something funny. Like you're always doing something different with the sign. And so it always catches my eye because it's different every week. And I was driving by the other day and I noticed that right now it says, how will you be known? And so I thought I got to get in touch with Robin and make sure that we do a podcast this week together. Sometimes um, other guests come on instead of, instead of you, of course. And, uh, but this week I really wanted to make sure that, that you came on the show again so that we could talk about that. So there's a lot of different directions we could go with from that question, how will you be known? I've got a few questions that I'll ask you that it made me think of when I saw the, when I read it, but I also want to just kind of hear from you what you had in mind, why that's on the sign, what's coming up this Sunday, what your thoughts were. So why don't we start with why that phrase when you were making the sign this week? Uh, well, per- precisely for the reason that you you mentioned, it's you can go uh, you can go many ways with that, um, and 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 we are in fact. Um, you can go many, you can go many directions with the, with that. Um, but they're all connected. I feel pretty safe in saying that. So for example, this Sunday, um, we're connecting things in, in several ways. One is that, um, there's an aspect of how will you be known that refers to, um, things like, um, your name. Um, how would you like to be, uh, um, known, uh, does your name have meaning to you or, you know, things like that, right? Um, there, on Sunday, Andrea Benoit is going to talk about um, the importance of the language that we use around uh, uh, with the LGBTQ2S plus community mm-hmm. um, and why that's important. So around gender pronouns? Yeah, so uh, yes, and uh, uh, things like um, uh, gender pronouns, terminology, how, how, to, how to ask questions. Right, things like that. Um, it's sort of a very sort of practical aspect to that, um, but um, practical, but extremely important um, because it's about how we connect with people, right? And and that's another aspect of how will how will we be known? Actually, in fact, I was even thinking just when you were asking me before um, what was on the sign because at one point it was how will you be known. And then it was, how will we be known? And then I think actually the sign says, how will you be known? I think I was trying to be... Changed it back to... I was quite confrontational about it. Um, (laughs) But but again, there's another facet of that. How will you be known? 
individually, how will we be known as a community, right? And mm. it, is there a difference? Mm -hmm. um, uh, is there not a difference? Either way, it's connected, right? The things are connected. There's also an aspect of it um, that's, um, will you be known by your words? Will you be known by your actions? Will you be known by the fact that your actions um, uh, follow your words or your words follow your actions? <laughs> that, that those things are connected again connected um and, and uh, the story <coughs> excuse me the story this week uh in the gospel is um from luke and it's a story jesus tells about the um the rich man and lazarus that the um, lazarus is the poor beggar who is at the gate of the rich man's rich Mansion. man's uh, uh house and and uh um uh, the rich man ignores him of course uh, he, though he's in need and suffering, um, this great line about how even the dogs come by to lick his sores, which is really disgusting, but um, it does it does communicate very clearly how we will know Lazarus, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, which is uh, not just by his name, which is unusual in a story like that in the first place, but also by his circumstance, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then the tale, the, the as the story goes, the tables are are turned, and of course in uh, each dies and uh, Lazarus goes to be with Abraham, Jesus says, um, carried off by angels and um, Lazarus goes to Hades um, for eternal punishment, right? Does it say Hades? In, it actually, in the Bible? Um, the, I, I suppose it would depend on the translation you use, but uh, I think it's the New Revised Standard Version says Hades. Um, and uh, so there's and and here's the thing I just I wrote about that in my blog this week and there's a because that's it's a tremendously fascinating there's a tremendously fascinating aspect to this story um which is um what does that mean because mm -hmm. it doesn't say it just to be clear it doesn't say that Lazarus goes to heaven and it doesn't say that uh the rich man goes to hell but it is pretty much implied and we've traditionally understand it as you know one goes to the good place the other goes to the other place um whatever you call them you know right but but in fact uh where lazarus goes it doesn't say it's heaven it says abraham is there but it, god isn't mentioned um and, you know and and uh the rich man goes to the other place but you know it's not called hell necessarily and um there's no mention of a, of a devil um, or Satan, right? So, um, it, but well, as, unless then you the story goes on. Hades as it's interpretive, right? Yeah. Yes, bingo. Because to me, there's a really interesting aspect to this as to what exactly is meant by Hades and what is that exactly meant by carried off with the angels to be with Abraham. Um, is it heaven and hell or is it not? And where I went with that in my blog, you should read my blog. <laughs> uh, no, uh, where I went, I'll, I'll just say where I went with that in the blog is that I am, I am frequently known to say, um, there is no hell. Um, and because I believe that we come from God and we return from God, we return to God, sorry. Um, and if you're going to say that God's love and grace is for everyone, then everyone is entitled to God's love and grace. That's God doing that not as judging people. Um, and that means everyone, to me, everyone returns to God, so there's no hell. I'll double down on that for you uh, and say that, by the way, 
if your understanding of sin, and this is my understanding of sin, is um, the choices that we make that distance us from God, right? The, the bad choices, if you want to put it that way, but the choices that we make that distance us from God, then this is hell. This conversation with you, Ben, is <laughs> no uh, that that the world is hell, right? Because this is experience. where we make our this is where we make our choices. Yeah. So so uh, if we make choices that distance us from God, then this is as far from God as we can get. Therefore, this is hell. Um, but but even then, I would say I'm still not going to say it's hell. Um, and and so 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 what do I do when I'm confronted with a story where clearly Robin Jesus is saying that the rich man goes to hell? What do you have to say to that? And my response would be to say, first of all, I'm not convinced it says he goes to hell. Um, secondly, um, I don't think it's about that. I, I don't think it's about heaven and hell. I think, in fact, the reference to what happens to them when they die um, is all about the great chasm between them. Mm -hmm. And that points you back to uh, the great chasm that was between them when they were here. Yeah. Right. Um, even even begging Abraham to send Lazarus to help him, the rich man knows Lazarus's name apparently, but doesn't talk to Lazarus. He ignored him completely in life. He seems to still ignore him personally in, de uh, in death. Right. So, and and I just think that that story is about relationship. Right. So your take on it is and that so, it's it's more about life than afterlife. Yeah, it's more about how we live in this life and 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 the great chasm that exists between us in yeah. this life, um, and and the, where that connects to how will we be known is precisely that. How do we know each other? Mm. Um, how will I be known to you? How will you be known to me? Will it, will there be a great chasm between us, or yeah. will we somehow bridge that the way and and. Uh, um, it, it, Give me a second, because it's going to sound like this is completely just, I just lost my mind suddenly. But if you've, if you've seen Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, <laughs> okay, um, there's a really cool part where he has to figure out uh, in order to find, it's about finding the grail, right? Yeah. There are three tests that you have to pass yeah, in order to reach it. And the third one is the leap of faith. Yeah. And what happens is that Indy gets through the other two things and he comes to, he basically comes to a, a hole in the wall, which opens out into this great chasm. Yeah. And the entrance uh, to where the grail is, is on the other side. And only the penitent will take the leap. Of, no, the penitent's the earlier thing. It's only the, it's only the something will take the leap of faith or something like this. Anyway, the point is he has to take a leap of faith. And, and famously, Indiana Jones is not religious, right? So. Yeah. Um, he, he kind of looked and he doesn't know what to do, but his dad's, you know, his dad's dying kind of thing. And he, so his pressure's on. And so he steps out into the great chasm and it turns out there's a bridge which has been see. constructed to look exactly like the chasm, the other side of the chasm so that you can't see it if you look down. And so it just looks like you're looking at the other side of the, the chasm. So he gets some dirt or whatever, and he tosses it across so that you can see it now. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then of course, camera angle changes and you can see that there's something there. And so in fact, there is a bridge. It's not a, yeah. the leap of faith is the decision to step out. Yeah. And there is actually a bridge there. And, and, uh, um, to, to me, that's like the great chasm in the story. There's mm -hmm. a great chasm between Lazarus and the rich man. And another aside, by the way, 
Um, we often refer to the story as, uh, I, I don't know whether it's Dives or Dives, uh, and Lazarus. We give the rich man a name, except oh, okay. it's not a name. It's a word that means rich man. That's but it's almost dealer. like we have to give him a name. Right, right. Right? So that he has he has standing with Lazarus, who has a name They're both in the story. Characters, yeah. Basically, it's a rich man and a poor man. Yeah. Um, but there's a chasm between them. Mm. Except is there? Or it, did we manufacture the chasm? And there is a bridge, right? The bridge is that we're all children of God and that mm. we're, all, we're all connected um, as human beings. We created the chasm, which is um, this man's rich and won't give, and this man's poor and has nothing to give. Right. Except they do. And, and, and that's, the, that's where I think this, why this story is about relationship. Um, if the rich man uh, shared and took care of Lazarus, um, what benefit is that to the rich man? Well, right away you want to go, oh, well, we don't know because we don't know what Lazarus can give him. Well, first of all, why is the benefit only about what Lazarus can give him back? Isn't the benefit living as God intended us to live, which right. is to live share our Rather love, than right? An exchange of but but value. also but also you don't know that Lazarus might have something to give back. There's only one way to find out, mm -hmm. and that's to engage, right? Create yeah. a relationship. Um, the well, non-existence of relationship is what keeps them apart, and I think that's what the story's about. Yeah, I like that interpretation a lot, and it's so applicable to modern life right now. You look around, and all around us are uh, huge examples of that. The growing wealth gap especially in the yeah, states but in canada exactly. too between you know the one percent that have more wealth than 60 or 70 percent of the entire population mm -hmm. in the states it's i can't remember the number but it's insane and it's getting worse and then you look at things like immigration or people who arrive in a new place um or they're kind of sitting outside the gates uh wishing they could be inside and we judge them by their circumstances we don't look at people just as human beings. And you'll hear oh. stories about people who, like a Syrian refugee, who's actually, well, in my home country, I was an engineer, I was a lawyer, I was a doctor. And we just look at people as, well, yeah, you know, you're in this refugee we, camp, you, you look poor. We, we right away just make assumptions and put do, a label I, on people. Ah, uh, uh, okay. So I, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you came there because I was about to say, I have to disagree with the first part of that, is we don't judge them by their, their circumstance or their context. We judge them based on what we think it is, right? And so, for example, uh, the classic is Trump saying that all the people from certain parts of the world are terrorists, right? No, they're not, and you don't know that. You've just decided that, judged them without any information whatsoever. Yeah. Um, because why? Because you wish to exclude them. Um, why? And, and, and in fact, I kind of, I would kind of like to see if he, Trump has an answer to that question. Why are you trying to exclude him? If, and, and his, he, I think he does. And his answer is because, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to cost me money. They're going to take from me somehow, uh, whether that's, they're going to cost me money or um, they're actually going to attack me or steal something from me. And, and, you know, I just, it's kind of like people in. Uh, oh, somebody had something on uh, on Facebook the other day, and you know it's true because it was on Facebook. Um, that was sarcasm, um, but but it was a thing that was something like um, you know we don't want those people coming in our country because they're going to take our jobs, 
right? I mean, that's a thing you hear in Western countries is people coming from non-Western countries. Um, you often do come across somebody sooner or later is going to say, but they'll take our jobs. And the response to that was something like, um, uh, based on the, the usual context of the person who might say something like that, is that, yes, this, this uh, heart surgeon from Syria is going to take your job at the corner store. And, and the unfortunate thing about that is that, yes, he would, because he wants to work. Yeah. But he's a freaking heart surgeon, for crying out loud. Why wouldn't we want to put people's put him put that skill and, to work yeah. right um and, and 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 again it's not about it's not about what we know about them it's about um it, it's about what we've decided yeah what we've assumed we've we've we, we're assuming we're whatever whatever you want to say about it, but we've somehow for ourselves decided how that person is going to affect me or not affect me um and uh and, and that's where we're that's where we're at. We don't want to find out. No. So really, as we're talking, all of the angles that you've been describing of looking at this this question, this statement from of how will you be known? To me, it's it's really all uh, all about a, an exploration of identity and what makes us who we are. And mm -hmm. I, I got to share a really cute story with you. That uh, yes, I think it was yesterday, just before I got home. Uh, Kelly was telling me about a conversation she had with Elise, our middle daughter who's seven and has a very curious and brilliant mind. And she will just come up with these wildly random and fascinating questions out of thin air or who knows what makes them spark into her, her brain. But she asked Kelly, where would we live if there were no planets? And I don't know what made her think of that, but Kelly basically said, well, if there were no planets, there would be no Earth. So we wouldn't have a, we we wouldn't be here at all. We just wouldn't be. And and uh, Elise said, "So, what are we anyway? Then, like, what are we?" And I I, th I think before Kelly could even form or attempt to form an answer, Elise said, are, "Like, are we basically just souls wrapped up in a body?" And like, I just love that. It's such a brilliant. Uh, visual or explanation that she came up with and Kelly said well kind of yeah you basically you you who who you are is is your your soul your and and, and she mm. sort of helped her start exploring this idea that you are not just your body and it's 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 complex for a 37 year old to try to wrap his head around let alone a seven-year-old mm -hmm. and I'm still wrestling with that all the time actually who am I? So I, there's not a single cell in my body that's the same as when I was born or when I was seven or when I was 17. Our organs, our skin tissue, our hair is always falling out. Our, our organs and skin are, are re regenerating their cells. We're replacing ourselves all the time. We, you could say we are what we eat mm -hmm. because you, you literally are turning food into blood and bone and, and uh, muscle by eating and by all of your body's systems of metabolizing and turning protein and carbohydrates into, you know, living cells. It's, it's, it's all miraculous and incredible, but who, so if you're not your body and you, and your name is just a sound that comes out of people's mouths that your parents randomly decided on, 
so you're not your name and you're not your job because that's just something you do. But people love to, we love to put letters behind our names to say, you know, so-and-so RN, if they're a nurse or a PhD or whatever your, your, your job title is. And that we, we collapse that with our sense of identity. We'll collapse our sense of identity with our, our gender pronouns. I'm a man and I'm whatever. So if all of that is just language and it's all just descriptors, then... But is it? Well, I don't know. What, what do you think okay, it is? So, what's, okay, what's so your answer to Elise's wonderful here's, question? Here's a couple of things. Um, first of all, um, uh, because uh, I think we're... I, I, I don't have an, uh, an answer for Elise's wonderful question. Uh, not a complete one anyway, because I don't think there is a complete one. Um, but I think there's an intersecting... There are intersecting ones... Maybe that's the way to say it. I think there's a variety of answers, and they all connect. Um, um, but, um, okay, let's do that first. I'll just go back. I want to go back to something you said earlier. Um, but um, I, I think they're all connected. And so, so for instance, uh, you say uh, your, your name is just a sound, right? Except it's not, is it? Because it becomes part of, it does become part of your identity. It might have significant meaning, right? So if, if for instance, you go back to m biblical times, Lazarus, for instance, the meaning, what is it, what's uh, Lazarus's name means something. Um, uh, it's not God will provide, but it's something, I forget exactly what, I've, it's gone out of my head now. Um, I, I know I'm supposed to know it. I am aware that I'm supposed to know Ben. It's just gone right out of my head. Um, yeah, you it Google it. Yeah, um, but it's like Emmanuel means God with us, right? Yeah. I mean, there are there are names have meaning. Okay, so then there's also names that have meaning because they're things like so and so Ben, so and so Ben. Your name means of, right? Uh, or of the house of, or the family of. Right. Like there there are connections to family. Yeah, Wilson, son son of Will. Yeah. Lazarus means God has helped. God has helped. That was it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but the rich man doesn't have a name, <laughs> right? Again, God has helped, but the rich man is. Um, Maybe his translates into the guy who didn't help. But so there's, there's a connection there. Yes, it is a sound, but it's also letters that you write down, right? But it's also, it, it does also have connect. We connect with it on some level, right? Um, uh, it's still, it's we, still just meaning that has been decided on or agreed on or made up. Right. The, the flesh and bone that we are um, has, an, has an impact on the soul that we are um, and how we feel about ourselves and how we think about ourselves and how we think the soul that we are has an impact on our appearance, right? It does act. They're connected. They're, mm -hmm. and, and my point isn't that the, the, how much. My point is simply that they are, right? Mm -hmm. That they are connected. Um, so, uh, which is really a good thing, because the thing that I wanted to go back to that you said was, uh, uh, when it, a few minutes ago you said, uh, who am I? And my answer is 24601. Um, <laughs> right? That's Jean, Jean Valjean's number, two, right? 24601. Uh, yes, and the famous song from Lame is, is Jean Valjean questions who he is. Is mm. he this guy he is now, or is he the prisoner that yeah. he was? Will or, he be defined and who by is the mistakes that? that he made How in the past? How will he be defined, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so, again, uh, well, it would be really easy to say, who am I was not the question. The question was, how will we be known? The two things are obviously related. 
Who I think I am and who you think I am may not be the same thing, but they are related, mm. right? Uh, and, and again, oh, relationship. It's about relationship. <laughs> the whole freaking thing is about relationship, right? Uh, and and how, how we are known, in fact, is about relationship because people will either know us because they truly know us, they will know us by what they've heard or seen from others, or they will know us simply in the Donald Trump fashion. He makes it up. They've just decided. Right? Yeah, he just decides, and whether it's based on any factual evidence whatsoever, yeah. that's how it is. And and uh, it, it, let me uh, just, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to bash Trump more, but, but the unfortunate thing is more and more people are doing it. And if you are known as a really good example of it, people will follow your example. So if if uh, it appears like um, uh, fact can be something that you just made up, and if you tell it or sell it loudly enough, it is a fact. If it appears that that works to people, they will use it, right? They will mm -hmm. start to do it. And so how someone is known won't be how they actually are. It will be how someone said, whether it's true or not. Right. So again, relationship, it's, it's, it really is about finding out by engaging. Right. We, unfortunately, it's even worse than, than it first sounds when you describe it that way, because we also are living now in a world where it's not simply that, um, I am subject to everyone around me's interpretation of my words and actions and my appearance and, the rest of how you might observe me and, and critique me or, or put me in a box based on what I'm doing right in this moment, you could also dig something up from 20 years ago yeah, that I absolutely. sent in an email or said at a college party or a Halloween costume that I yeah. wore once as a teenager 20 years ago and say, oh, that's part of who you are. So we're now yeah. going to put you in this box as, oh, you're a racist or you are Right. So you've revealed, or... you've revealed yet another plane or another level of the, it's like that bit in Shrek, right? Where he says, I'm an onion. And, and you know, it just, <laughs> um, uh, you, you, here's another thing to peel back. Uh, it's another level, which is uh, how will you be known is, is dramatically affected by your ability to grow. We're human beings. Um, how, how you were known when you were 10 is not how you're going to be known when you're 30. No, um, but how you are known, how will you be known is also can be answered. Well, you'll be known by language. You, you, mm -hmm. you are your word. Like in that's, there's a great biblical reference to that. Jesus said, I am the word. And, and all of us, we, we manifest in, in this world through our word, our word, our words create a world in the listening of others. Everything that you say is, is heard and interpreted by others and create thoughts for them in their mind through the words that you choose. And so the language that we use, the words that we express, those, that, I mean, how, how else are people to know us beyond, beyond no. that? It's a huge part of it. Again, there's another level to that, which is what I say and what you hear is not always the same thing. I was thing. thinking the same thing. There's, right? It, yeah. that, and that's why I say in the listening of others. So, yeah. and there's a few different layers to that 
as well. There's there's the fact that our memories are fallible and that if a person says something and you have five eyewitnesses that say, well, I heard him say this. Are you sure he said that? Well, I didn't hear that. I heard this. And they were all there in the room. So our, our memories remember things differently or recall things differently, I should say. But there's also simply the interpretation of what mm-hmm. you literally did here. So these yeah. are the, there's here's the exact transcript, but what did you make it mean when you yeah. when you heard that? And so yeah, it's not simply I will be known by my words. I will be known and remembered according to how my words were heard and interpreted and and how people that how that made people feel and think when right. they landed however they landed for those people around right. me. It also makes me think about how will you be known once you're gone. So like, in other words, how will you be known? How will you be remembered? Yes. I was, um, so or, a, yeah, a, yes. And okay, a good example sorry, go of that, a couple of years ago, I did a, a film called The Art of Living, and it tells the story of a man in our uh, local person in our community here, Ed McFadden. And in 27, in the 27 minutes of the film, we were able to, to dive into quite a bit of his life, but as a 92-year-old, or 91-year-old at the time, I, he, I guess he was just turning 90 when we did the film. So he's 92 now. I mean, his life is this massive collection of experiences and stories and opinions and uh, just all these experiences that he, and he shared many of them with me over the course of almost two years of filming. And so I had... Uh, so many opportunities to sit down and and hear Ed share stories from his real life. And um, as someone who's getting into his senior years, you can tell that some of those stories are, like you'll sit down with him and he'll tell the same story again. And it'll be a slightly different and you'll think, well, which way did it happen, you know? But even though he tried to share so much of his life with me. I know that it's just a tiny little sliver, a tiny fraction of of who he truly is. But at the same time, I have this sense, I have in in my consciousness, I have Ed McFadden as this this there's this world of like what Ed's life was. I have a picture of that. And uh, lots of that is uh, personal and subjective and and how he lives in my head, in my world of Ed McFadden's life will be different than if someone else watched my film about Ed and mm-hmm. they might have him as this or that or something different. Um, but nonetheless, I, I have a strong sense that I know him. And it's through his stories, through his words and through his relaying of this was my life. This is what I did when I was a young man. And this was how I felt about um, this particular issue. And, and then it's changed. And now I, I, I kind of wonder this and I wonder about that. And, and we talked about... Um, you know, what might happen to his soul and to his being when his body is, is done here, which, I mean, it, it will be not a long time before that happens. He's, his body is not uh, as strong as it was even a couple years ago, and he's in his 90s. So we, it's, it's at that time where you're starting to think about, mm-hmm. you know, well, who, who am I and what does happen to the me that's me when my body's ready to, to shut down? Well, and and uh, yeah, interesting thing about that though is that uh, you might well be wondering that, uh, who am I, or how how will I be known when I'm gone? But um, the only thing you can do about it is to um, uh, assess your life and know you can't change that. 
right? You can't yeah. go back and change stuff. So how you will be known is how people have known you, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's, it's interesting. The um, I, I was just thinking to myself as we were, we were having that conversation, we were talking about Ed in, in particular. Um, where's God in this conversation? Is that a rhetorical question? Uh, well, not really. I guess I have to uh, explain that a little. Um, it, see... Um, here's Jesus telling a story, and uh, God's not in the story. God's not a character in the story. And yet, right, they die. One goes to, remember we were just talking about they die. One goes to Hades, the devil isn't mentioned. Um, the other goes to be with Abraham, carried off by angels to be with Abraham, but there's no mention of God, and it doesn't actually specifically say heaven. Um, so in the story, um, God, is not a, God is not a character, in the story, right? Um, first of all, um, secondly, at the end of the story, um, as as uh, the rich man is saying to Abraham, um, "Well, send Lazarus to bring me, you know, some to relieve me or re- bring me some refreshment or something," and, and Abraham's like, "No," <sighs> and. <laughs> Uh, you know, you had your you had your good times. Now it's his turn, um, yeah. and now there's this great chasm between us. And 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 so the rich man says, "Okay, um, then send Lazarus to my family, to my brothers and sisters, yeah. and and to warn them." And to not Abraham, make the mistakes that I made. Yeah, it, it's sounding a little bit Christmas carolish, um, <laughs> but it, uh, um, it, it, it it, it uh, he says send to warn them and Abraham goes no <laughs> they, that's what Moses and the prophets are for even if I were to send somebody you know somebody who's risen from the dead that won't make any difference to them because they and, already didn't pay attention to the well, prophets the thing is the thing is that here's Jesus the one who saves us by his death and resurrection telling a story about how no. Because they won't be saved if they won't if they haven't listened to the prophets or Moses, they won't listen to someone who rises from the dead. Ooh. So what here's Jesus telling of? a story that basically says, if you're not gonna listen to Moses and the prophets, you're not gonna listen to me. Like you're not gonna be saved. You're not gonna be saved by my death and resurrection if you haven't already been listening. And and the, the thing is again, again, again and again. Um, I think Jesus hammers away at relationship. I think he very definitely in Luke's gospel, um, Luke has Jesus hammer away at the different, like the the that chasm between rich and poor. He's Luke likes to advocate for the poor. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I again, like even across all of the gospels, here's here's Jesus talking about relationship. Um, and to so to me, like even when he gets to the point where he says. If you're, if you're not listening to these guys who are known, you won't listen to somebody who isn't hmm. and yet rises from the dead. And and all I can think of is, so basically what you're saying is God is the relationship. God is the thing that connects people. God is the thing that brings us together. God is... Uh, God is that that uh, you know thread, right? That conduit. That that uh, can that great connection, right? It's the thing through which we uh, what's uh, we we live and move and have our being. Um, I'm I'm having a flashback um, to my Anglican days, um, <laughs> and, and but 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 
that to me, to, again, that just for me reinforces that that's what this story is about. This story isn't about um, it's bad to be a rich person. This story isn't it's good to be a beggar. Yeah. Or a poor person or someone who's suffering and having dogs licking their sores. <laughs> um, it's, it's not about that. And in fact, it's so not about, like, Lazarus is not the key to the story. Neither is the rich man. Abraham isn't either. In fact, I think, I think the most significant characters in the story, and, and I know you're going to laugh because I'm kind of known for this bit where I go, I don't think that's where the story ends. Um, yeah, it's just useful to whoever's writing it to stop right there to make their point. But to me, the real characters in this story that we should want to pay attention to are the rich man's family. Mm. Do they listen? Hmm. Do they do they just just keep on going like the rich man, or, do they, or do they actually learn and grow and find relationships? Uh, uh, with people that that causes them to understand what yeah. we're supposed to be about, what God intended for us to be, because it's it's not um, the death of the death of Lazarus or or the death of the rich man is not going to bring heaven here. Mm-hmm. It's not going to bring the kingdom of God here. What brings well? I, even Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand, right? Of course it is, because it always is. It but, literally <laughs> always is. What will what brings a moment of it? Here, what brings a moment of heaven to here, to this hell, if you want to look at it that way, as we were talking about earlier, what brings that is that moment of relationship mm-hmm. that that brings a connection. How, how could that not then be God? I fully agree. But you talking about the, the family of the rich man, um, uh, how do they respond? Are they going to learn from that? It's, we do that all the time where we'll realize, oh my God, I've become my father or I've become my mother or you're just like your father. You're just like your mother. Mm-hmm. And, and we will ob- we'll observe the mistakes or the choices that our ancestors or our relatives have made and, and the behavior commit ourselves experience to, I am growing not up. Yeah, gonna, absolutely. And I'm going to do the exact opposite of this and that. And, and yet there's this massive gravitational pull to or the momentum to repeat mm. the things that um, our our parents or grandparents mm-hmm. have done. or have, so, and, and you could also look at that through the lens of, and I'm not going to dive into this deep, but the topic of epigenetics, I was just talking to someone this morning about, and it's so interesting that traumas or emotional scars, emotional um, wounds and suffering that has been internalized by our parents or grandparents it's been shown that those traumas or that um, that energy gets passed on through, mm-hmm. you know, almost genetically. Like, and they, so mm-hmm. I guess the term epigenetics is that, and it's it. I have no idea how that works, and there may be a lot of people who think, well, that's just bogus. But there's no doubt that we do mm-hmm. uh, internalize our stress responses, our anxieties, our fears, our traumas into the, our physical being. We mm-hmm. suffer physically from our mental and emotional and psychological um, suffering. It, it transfers back and forth. And so I'm, I'm sure there is a way that it is passed along and to the next generation. So maybe the fact, the reason that I have a phobia of snakes has something to do with my great-great-grandfather being bitten by a snake and and 
um, and having a really traumatic experience as a kid. And then that's why my dad's dad has a phobia of snakes. And then it got passed on to me. Could just be that you're sensible. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, it, just as you were saying that about uh, gravitational pull, I was thinking we wouldn't have to worry about that if Elise is right and there were no planets. Um, well, eventually the sun is going to burn out, Robin, and then we, that will be the case. Thanks for sharing, Ben. Uh, I'll be long gone. Um, or will you? <laughs> well, yeah, there is a good question. Uh, will we? Um, this, this is a kind of conversation that then kind of sometimes rolls into, um, uh, you know, talking about how we, how we will be known after we're gone, right? Are we really gone if, um, some of our characteristics are passed on to others? Are we really gone if the manner in which we, uh, had relationships with people causes them to carry on the experience of that relationship into their life in some form. Right. Mm. Um, and, and again, relationship. Yeah. It's about relationship. It's how you're being. It's all about relationship. It, 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 a thought just popped into my head as you're saying that Robin, that I want to, uh, get out before I lose it. But it, it just is occurring to me as you're speaking that we, we know ourselves as human beings. And, and on this show, we talk a lot about uh, how our way of being, right? Um, maybe, maybe after this is all over, the human part of human being ends. Like the physical body, the homo sapien, the, the, that mammal that is wrapped around your soul, like <laughs> the way Elise put it. The human ends. The human has a finite lifespan. And none of us know how long that's going to be. But that human being goes back to the earth. Right? The, those, all the molecules that make up that body go back into the, the earth and into the atmosphere. But the being part carries on, whether you like it or not. And, and when you think about that, that your words live on forever, not just because of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, but... Because of the that butterfly effect of the impact that your words and your choices and your way of being have on the people around you. And then that domino affects to others and it, it, it keeps echoing and reverberating. Your being continues on forever, you could, you, you could say. Um, yes. Um, so just as you were saying that and you were talking about that... Um, Oh, it's gone out of my head now. But we, we had gathering, um, our, our sort of, uh, I don't know what to call a gathering now. It's a gathering. We well, have a gathering once a month. and we, weeknight We have a theme and we share ideas and, and music and media and things. It's a, gather, it's a gathering. Um, we had a gathering. Oh, what was it? it was, uh, I want to say, I keep, what's sticking in my head is Long Dark Night of the Soul, but it wasn't that. Um, we had a video that was based on a, um, thing written by, uh, St. John of the Cross, I think, um, that, um, was one of the, one of the phrases in it was that, uh, you just reminded me of it. It was that we return to the great oneness, um, when we die. Um, because, and, and this is why I'm thinking, this is why we have, we have such a, uh, human beings need to live in community. Um, we are individuals, uniquely mm. individuals, and uh, w we are one. And yet, with 
many, we are also one, right? It's that that it's um, it's not paradox. What what is it? The duality. Uh, yeah, duality. Whatever, whatever the right language. Sorry, my brain's fried a little bit at the moment because I'm just thinking of this thing. Is it what was in that? Whoever had written this uh, this piece and done this video, one of the things that they uh, the ideas that they had in it was that um, here we are, and, you know, as many individuals and everything. But uh, when we die, we return to the great oneness, um, and and that's God, right? Mm. Um, uh, God is the 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 singularity that is all of us, kind of idea, right? So that um, uh, here here you are a unique individual, but there you are one with many. You are, we are all we are all the one. And it's right? it's not the same as just saying, well, you know, there you you Robin King live in a community called Bashaw, and after you're gone. The, the oneness of the community will continue because other people will, your relatives and friends and all the other people of the community will live on and then they'll have children and there will still be the community there. It's, it's distinct from that because it's not that, well, Robin's no longer part of it, but there's still somebody here. It's, no, Robin, Robin. Yeah, you're still on the human side of that, though. Which I think is what was so interesting, but it, it is uh, John of the Cross and Long okay. Dark Night of the Soul. Um, but but this person, particular person's take on it, oh, I wish the video because the video was awesome. It was from uh, it was a piece from Work of the People, um, and uh, uh, it was just it was a great video. Um, but the idea is that here we are a unique individual amongst many unique individuals, but when we die, um, we return to the uh, we. Uh, we, uh, it's not immerse, we immerse ourselves in the oneness or something like that. Um, we, we return to the one, um, um, and, and, and there, here, and that's, again, that's another plane of that, right? Is that here, when we're gone, the oneness, which is the community, is still impacted by us having been, yeah. right? Um, even though we're no longer here. Um, and it continues on. That sort of oneness of community continues on. Unless, of course, you know, we figure out a way to completely destroy ourselves because we're tired of being one and we just want to be our own unique individual selves. Um, uh, but we can't, right, because we return to the oneness. Um, I, I think that's that's a really, uh, I, I, that really uh, lines up with my understanding of God, like that we come from God, we return to God. Mm-hmm. Um that um, this life, as good as it may be, is still as far away from God as we can get, right? And you can move yourself further away from God, and we call that sin, by making choices that distance us from, from what? Each other. Mm. Well, that's distancing us from God. Yeah. Right? Because eventually we're all drawn back into that, the oneness, which is God. It, <laughs> I'm curious what your thoughts are, Robin, on... This idea of um, monks or nuns that in different religions would would find their connection to God by <laughs> physically removing themselves from the community. You know, the, this idea of like pilgrimages where you'd kind of go up into the mountains and, and meditate alone for days on end and that that would leave people feeling a greater sense of connection to the cosmos or to the creator that sometimes... Um, we, we are born for connection and we are, we have this 
huge need for relationship and, and com- connection and community. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the busyness of the world that we submerse ourselves right. in can be a distraction from right. mindfulness or sure. from connection to within and to yeah. something greater. So, so the reverse of what you're saying is that the reverse of what I just said is, is, is true and possible. It's also right? true. Yeah. So yeah, we find ourselves, we find our, that, that's uh, uh, Ubuntu, right? Um, we, mm-hmm. we find who we are in our sense of community. Yeah. Um, and um, so, okay. Um, and in fact, uh, when we sin in this life, we distance ourselves from God. So um, Paul uh, would be a f- really good example of the like the things that Paul talks about the 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 uh, works of the flesh. He talks about them distancing us from God, right? And it's really easy to dismiss to dismiss that as okay. So what you're saying, Paul, is don't enjoy life. <laughs> um, and but but that's not what he's saying. I don't think. I think what he's simply trying to say is that. For as much as sin distances us from God, it's possible for us to distance ourselves from this life while still being in it in a way that brings us closer to God. I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? And so that would mean and everything from like uh, contemplative monks, for instance, or, or um, hermits, right? People who live on the mountaintop. People then, you know, have to climb up and visit them to find out their wisdom, blah, 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 blah. All that kind of uh, anchorites in the Middle Ages, right, where they'd have themselves literally walled up Mm. in a little room um, that they never leave. Um, Food's just passed to them through a little hole in the wall Mm -hmm. um, so that they can commune with God better. Um, And and sure, why not? That's, I suppose, um, First Nations, um, in First Nations culture, sometimes people... Um, will go out into the wilderness and they they smoke something or they starve themselves or they you whatever in order to have an experience of the Creator, yeah. right? For the Australian be Aboriginal really, walkabout. Yeah, it'd be really easy to go, yeah, you're hallucinating, right? Except were they? Then is the question: Were they actually hallucinating, um, or did they distance themselves so much from this existence that they were able to connect? in a better, uh, clearer way. Right. Um, I, it, I, it's all about connection, right? It's all about relationship. Um, well, just like a, a person who loneliness and aloneness are not the same thing. You can be surrounded by people, right. but feel lonely. So, so connection and physical proximity yeah. to others and how busy your life is or how many people are around you or how yeah. many friends you have on Facebook that is not the same as connection. Just to take it back to the great chasm in the story, the rich man Lazarus story, um, I, I, I think that the, I think the point of the story is about relationship and connection. Um, but I think it's also safe to say that um, having just had this conversation where we say you can distance yourself from this life in a way that connects you with God, um, the way in which you relate to others in this life is a reflection of your relationship with God, right? Because, you know, God's in all things, so the relationship I have with you is a reflection of my relationship with God. And, and, and so, uh, so, well, yes, I would, I would absolutely say if, uh, if you're going to say that uh, sin distances you from God in this life, then there is a way to distance yourself in this life in order to connect with God. Sure. But I would also say that your relationship with God is reflected in your relationship with other people, and your relationship with other people is a reflection of your relationship with God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, I, again, 
there are it's there are so many ways there are so many facets there are so many uh parts to this um that and and i would say that that's not a way to say one's more important than the other that's not a way to say um this is right and this is wrong that's not a way to say uh, we should definitely do this or we should definitely pick one my point is there's a bazillion opportunities you could you could easily look at it um uh, it, it, I was at a retreat uh, this week where I, I told my version of the Adam and Eve story, which is that... Through your book. Uh, yeah, which is that Adam and Eve, uh, well, one of the kids' programs, I, I think it was, where the story where Adam and Eve don't get, it's not that they sinned and were cast out, it's that God set up that whole tree and apple thing so that Adam and Eve would acquire free will Mm-hmm. So that they could then choose to step out into the world, and into the great creation. One of the reasons I brought it up as part of this this retreat was that um, we were talking about uh, the way forward. You can't, you can't, uh, you can look back, but you can't. That's not going to happen again. You you got to go yeah. forward. And um, my my question was: Would our fear of stepping out be less? If one of our root stories wasn't based on the idea that we were cast out mm. um, for doing something wrong, and instead were about we boldly stepped out without fear, bearing in mind, by the way, just to just to back that up a little bit, um, the most common words said by Jesus are "Don't be afraid." Yeah. Fear like not. if 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 Jesus has to keep reminding us to not be afraid. Wouldn't it be, would, how different would the world be if we weren't constantly afraid of stepping out from our comfort mm. zone? If instead we went, okay, let's do this. Let's go for it. You know, let's, let's do it. Um, and, and again, I, it's, it's uh, uh, coming back to the, the Lazarus thing uh, uh, and the rich man th- story. Um, uh, yeah, there's a chasm there, but there's also a way across. Yeah. You know, and that's With God. Faith. God is yeah. that way across faith, uh, the leap of faith, right? Um, it, it, yeah. It, it, there's a way. There's a way to connect and mm-hmm. to. Uh, I I I have a feeling that in this life, um, and that's that's part of the imperfection of this life, right? Uh, it's not possible to make the chasm disappear. Unfortunately, but it is possible to narrow it and create a bridge and to cross it. Yeah. Uh, to cross it. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, so I, yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I've often, I, uh, that was not my original intention. Uh, my original intention in telling the story that way, that Adam and Eve story that way, um, was uh, around creativity and mm. inspiration. Um, but the, of course, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, how, uh, like, and, and think of all the creation stories, think of all the creation stories that, um, different religions or different traditions tell where it begins with something horrible, <laughs> mm. right? Or it begins with something that, um, is interpreted as being doing something bad that causes somebody to be cast out or, you know, anything like that. And, and, uh, in fact, at this retreat, I, I asked if anybody knew a story that wasn't like that. And immediately somebody said, of course, of course, somebody immediately said, um, well, in first nations tradition, it doesn't work like that. Right. It's about the turtles back in the turtle island. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, so it is possible 
um, we're just we've just gotten really good at not only making sure the chasm's there, but making it wider and guilting ourselves all the way yeah. along. <laughs> yeah, and being afraid and yeah. being afraid of yeah. it, um, using guilt and fear as yeah tools to well see guilt and fear about power over yeah to control yeah over people and making connections and building a relationship is about sharing right it's yeah. not about having power em- over somebody empowering yeah with yeah yeah absolutely and i think when back to this idea of knowing uh, how you'll how you how will you be known i think that when when you get to a point where you feel like you really truly know yourself then you get to be more in tune with what you need in that moment to create healthy connections with yourself, mm-hmm. with your body, with others, with community, um, with the world around you, because it's, it's ever changing. It's ever fluid. Sometimes you need to be yeah. alone in the wilderness. Sometimes you need to be surrounded by people. Sometimes you need to be able to have the confidence and strength to yeah. speak your truth, to tell those people who are in your community, this isn't right. We can do better. Or this is what I need right now. This is, this is my truth. Yeah. I, I, I think actually that's a really good contribution um, to sort of the language and way we understand, the way we talk about relationship is to say, is talk about being in tune, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not, uh, uh, or, or harmony, right? Be, to be in harmony. It's, 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 not about, it's not about eliminating the uniqueness, it's about joining it and, and connecting it and, and uh, uh, being in tune with it. Um, finding the harmony rather than the discordant or disharmony right um yeah yeah, it's uh yeah yeah i like that that's a good way of talking look at you with all your musical references dissonance and harmony and yeah well this is a good place to 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 kind of leave it for now i think this is a topic we could go on and on about and it's one that we've we've yeah absolutely we've hardly even scratched the surface of many of the many 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 different ways you could go with that totally and what's interesting too for me is that it keeps bringing up things where i will remember something that oh in this other episode we talked about this or we talked about the it's all garden of eden we talked about it's all connected sin, we talked about hell we've t- yeah so um that's kind of the ongoing thread through through the the theme of this of this podcast and for sure so if you've if you enjoyed this conversation come on back next week check out some of our past episodes there's i lost track now of how many we're at i think we're into the 60 something episodes now over this year and last year we're in season two right now and um yeah lots of great guests that have been on in the past we've got a couple of guests lined up coming up over the next couple weeks this fall that will be on um, really excited about those conversations. But Robin, thanks so much for uh, for joining me today. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for the coffee. You're always welcome. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, be well.